welcome to This Week in Sports with Eric and Cousin Dave. As always, I'm Eric Ruder with Dave Kramer. And the madness of March has lived up to its name on both the men's and the women's side. But it's also been madness in uh, MLB offseason, getting ready to spring training started and deals are going through, people are being signed. NFL, some big news there. So we'll kick it off. Um, biggest storyline, I think, is Deshaun Watson finally got traded and wasn't really the team that we thought. Um, Cleveland got Deshaun Watson. Gave up three firsts, a third, and a sixth. And I feel it. I feel Cleveland messed up. Um, not trading for him, but there's talk about that later too, but it was really Deshaun. It was really, he said no to them. Baker requested a trade. They declined the trade request. And then Deshaun Watson gets $230 million guaranteed. Uh, Yeah. yeah. And it, it was not, it was not. And, and, the, and what's even crazy about it is they didn't need to up him. He, he wasn't due for a new contract. He just signed one two years ago, didn't he? I believe. And uh, they did it just to, I guess, sweeten the pot. Besides all the obvious stuff that's going to happen with this guy, uh, I, I think a big suspension is coming and it'll be coming. And so do the Browns. And part of the reason why he wanted to go to the, of the Cleveland, besides, I mean, they do have a, winning roster on that team they got a great defense um great running game you can say what you want about the receivers not proven young um but they got they got a amari cooper um will he even play this year is, is the thing and, and part of and doing some research on this and reading it in real time is one one major selling point to him is the browns negotiate his contract this for next year to $1 million base, which would be his suspension contract if he gets suspended next year. Well, the NFL does it now, or the NFL might just let it play out and some of the civil stuff first before they throw something down, or they might just say, screw it. Let's just, let's just spend another year from now and hit him, hit him more in the wall. And I, I don't know what's going to happen with all that. But he's, I mean, when he's on the field, he's a great quarterback. Is he going to be on the field? And the, big, the bigger question is, too, is – uh, Browns football fan, as a female Browns football fan, how, how do you support this? How do you how do you rationalize this being your football team going forward? Because there is a lot of questions still with this yeah. man. No, and I've and, and I had an NFL radio on uh, Sirius XM the other day, um, and there are female Browns fans calling it, and they're some were saying, "I've been a Browns fan since." Including my whole life, been a, after they left, when they came back, been a Browns fan, and I'm done. I mean, there are female callers saying that because of this, and it's a it is a very delicate situation. Yes, he wasn't charged criminally, but there's still a bunch of civil stuff going on, and we knew. I mean, everybody knew that once the criminal stuff was gone. A trade was coming. Like, everyone yeah. knew that. I mean, that's just the nature of the business, unfortunately. 
but no one but now the question is is what does the nfl do i mean this is a big big call for them i mean tom brady from the flake gate four games there's people that there's players that have been committed domestic violence that only got four games there's been people that have done less and got six games um i mean just look at it it's i think it might be in that six six at the minimum that's what i'm thinking but i think the nfl has to do something um and it's a yeah i mean i'd as a if i was a browns fan i mean i don't know what i would think um i mean it's yeah it's an upgraded quarterback but if it if it doesn't work out this team is this team's screwed <laughs> um they've mortgaged the, they mortgaged the future for it and i mean there's there are radio hosts that said I mean, this I mean, they'll these players, these owner, some owners will do anything to win, and re, regardless of character. I mean, Mukovic came back after the old dogfighting ring thing, and there are people that were pissed that he even came back, and he paid his debt to society and deserved a second chance. Deshaun Watson not criminally charged. The league will suspend him, yes, but it's just, it's in the league hands now. Um, I don't know if you have anything else to add to that. No, I mean, you said, said pretty much everything I wanted to say. Um, the Michael Vick thing is, is pretty good. The one, thing, one big difference thing with Michael Vick, though, he was convicted. He went, he did go to jail, yeah. so it was a redemption. Um, Deshaun has not done anything in the, in the eyes of the law yet but there's something he he's done something point to people to start making up things and rounds i mean i don't know if you saw a few, a few days after the trade the half some family came out and said they they did their due diligence they thought it was a good thing and and maybe they did but you would think part of that due diligence would be to contact the lawyer of the 22 victims which and did, they not did not happen. yep did not happen so that's like a piece missing there um i just think the I just think they're going to hammer them. And the reason I think that is all the women in front office now, women on the sidelines now, women that are uh, being umpires and referees now. It's And they finally have something where they can – if the NFL botches the suspension and gives them a, a lower one, it's just another black eye on, on Goodell's uh, tenure. So I, I think they might even go over what they need to do just to, to prove a point. And like you said, you're 100% right. They did mortgage the future for this guy. And even if this guy gets, say, let's just compromise and say he gets six games. That means he hasn't played in a year and a half of football. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, a, that's a long time not to be on the field, not taking reps with your team, not, not doing anything. And uh, even if he does come and it's a half-game suspension and he come, or half a year, excuse me, and he comes back and he plays the second half of the year or three-quarters of a year, et cetera, I mean, the Browns can't expect to do anything this year. They can't. Uh, they got to wait till next year, anyways. I mean, it just it's a lot of question marks, and it just proves too that if you're good at something, 
borderline great at something, and he's a really good quarterback. I mean, when he was playing, there was talk. People were talking Mahomes him for a while there, and uh, it just proves if you're really good at something, no yeah, matter what problems you do have, I mean, he had no you have one, a talent. Man. You'll 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 still play. He had no one in Houston, mm-hmm. and put up some very solid numbers despite all that. Um, yeah. So yeah, he's a he's a great talent, and it kind of proves to it kind of goes to the point of a lot of what a lot of people talk about is if you're really good at something and you get paid a lot of money for it, it helps you in situations like this. Um, Absolutely. And. Yeah, and you said, I mean, there's 22 stories out there and other radio shows had former NFL players on there, guys that have been with one team or in the league for, they're in the league for over 10 years and questions are asked, like, how many massage therapists have you, did you see? They'll all, everyone always answer one, the team one the team massage therapist that should be as a player that should be your own during the season that should be your only only form of a massage is from the team trainer off season yeah yeah you go on vacation you do that stuff fine but yeah it, it just doesn't add up to me um it is interesting that no that None of the teams um, that were in on Deshaun Watson talked to the attorney of these 22 women. So something's something to me is not adding up with that, but all we can do is let it play out and, and see what happens there. But yeah, so Browns need to trade uh, Baker and um, it came out today that they were asking for a first, uh, first round pick. I laughed because the Browns have no leverage because teams know they have to unload Baker to get picks. And I think he's going no higher than a, for a, no higher than a third or Cleveland's going to have to release him and get nothing for him. I mean, those are the only two uh, options. I don't, I don't see a yeah. team doing nothing well, on that. No, and I'm going to take you one step further on this, Eric. Um, I think that they're going to have to give a pick to get rid of Baker because, like you said, there's no leverage. They release him now. I think it's like uh, – I'm trying to look it up here real quick. I don't want to bore the podcast. But I think it's like $19, $20 million in dead cap if they just cut him right now. Mm-hmm. So they're, not, they're, not, they're not going to do that. And that's post-June 1 cap, I believe, too. So uh, I think you're going to have to, you're going to, have to tap something to get, to get off this contract. They played this stupid. He played it. He, I mean, I guess it depends where he wants to where he ends up going. If he played this stupid or not, but yeah, he's he's uh, he's considered damaged goods in the eyes of the NFL right now. He just kind of last man standing, and uh, you could say maybe Jimmy Garoppolo could be too, but at least he has a team, and uh, he, he wasn't. But uh, yeah, I think I think you're, they're going to have to give something to get rid of him. Maybe get a pick back. I mean. Both no Lions fans here. Would you take uh, Baker and a, and a fourth round pick for a, for a six and give up a six for him? Would you do that? I would. Absolutely. Because 
he's two years removed, maybe a year removed. He he played hurt last year. He was hurt a lot last year. He didn't have a good year. I'm not defending the man, but he played hurt a lot last year. He had a pretty good year two years ago. Yep. So he's I mean, he's not a terrible quarterback. No. I mean, he seems to when the going gets tough, he might not have it in his, mentally in his head and he and he makes a lot of mistakes and can he win a Super Bowl? I d I don't know. I mean, he's only twenty six years old. But at the same time, he's not a bottom, bottom five, bottom seven quarterback. He's, he's got some potential and some talent, I would imagine. But Lions, Seattle, places like that. I read it was um, C- Mayfield's camp has talked to Seattle. He's talked to Carolina. Oh, yeah. I forgot Carolina. Um, those he's are. go with Mills. Um, that's probably it, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, with Matt Ryan, uh, Matt Ryan traded to Indy, um, which makes them obviously contenders. Um, I know last year I put a, the future bet on Indy to win the Super Bowl um, with the notion that I thought Carson Wentz is back with Frank Reich. The one the offensive coordinator that made him look like yes this guy should have been taken number two this guy's the MVP before he tore his ACL we were all wrong about that (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. we were very wrong about that Um, but Matt Ryan this is a guy that's been to a Super Bowl Um, in a kind of league MVP and kind of similar offense um Kyle Shanahan run ran that Frank Reich does um which benefits Matt Matt Ryan um it's a good that's a good defensive team obviously good line as well uh, Jonathan Taylor's breakout year gives him a running back I mean it's Indy could challenge I mean Tennessee I mean I keep saying it how much, how much gas does uh, Derrick Henry have left? And Ryan Tannehill is I mean, Matt Ryan's now the best quarterback in that division. Very possible. Very, very I mean, possible. I mean, you just said Davis Mills, who I was high on that last draft, by the way. Um, Trevor Lawrence. Too young to tell. Ryan Tannehill and Matt Ryan. I mean, it's like Aaron Rodgers by default. It's yeah. It's a default best QB. Um, but I, uh, yeah, it's a, it's an interesting. It's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out where Baker goes. I do think it's most likely Seattle or Carolina. I do think those are the two teams. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I, 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 I always joke with the Lions with yeah. them or something like that, but they're, they're sticking with Jared Goff for the year, at least yeah. start and then see what happens. But they're not making a move like that. No. Um, yeah, in regards to Matt Ryan, I do agree with a lot of what you said. Um, I mean, he's not great anymore by any means, uh, but 
he's competent enough. That team last year proved it. Just needed someone not to throw the ball away in the fourth quarter, not to throw those terrible interceptions, not to not to give the game away. They got a great offensive line, a great defense, and also running back, like you mentioned, a few outside pieces. Mm-hmm. And they just need someone to kind of manage the game. Uh, Trent Dilfer-esque. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo-esque, kind of like that, where they just try not to make a big mistake. Uh and put themselves in a position where they could very well win the division and get themselves a first round by like, like the Titans did last year in that same division. Um, but I, get, moving off of Matt Ryan, replaced him though. I, I, I really like that move for Atlanta. Um, Mariota. I don't know how good he's going to be, but he's playing yes. with the same coach he had, quarterback coach we had in Tennessee where they yep. we did pretty well together. And there's a lot of familiarity, and they got and that pitch is a baller. Uh, obviously, they won't have Ridley, but they uh, they got some decent pieces in there too. And the NFC South, I mean, obviously you got Tom down there, but other than that, a lot of a lot of influx as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I did like that little pickup, um, Mariota going there, and it was quick too. That wasn't uh, mm-hmm. that wasn't a bit that, that seemed planned. Yeah, that that was a behind the scenes deal, I think, um, with how quick yeah. that turned out. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, you're kind of getting to the point. I mean, I saw a stat is teams with the teams with the longest uh, quarterback tenure, and it was Aaron Rodgers, fourteen years. Nearest one was. Derek Carr with eight years. Uh, who was it at six? Can't remember who it was at six. Um, but no other team has had the same quarterback for four years. Twenty nine teams <laughs> haven't had the same quarterback for four years. That's nuts. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, but yeah, I mean it's. It's that, and uh, like I said, I mean, we're a month or about just over a month away from the draft, and unfortunately, you're seeing the movement, um, what these trades are going to do, but also unfortunate, a top 10 pick is going to fall. Mm-hmm. Um, David Ajabo tore his Achilles, um, but I don't know if you saw that video. Uh, of how the staff reacted um kind of disturbing that no one really came to him immediately um yeah i didn't like that it was just kind of everybody just stood there um but but yeah i mean and then it came out that scouts were telling the other michigan players like uh we're, we're done uh, and they they told aiden hutchinson that too uh they were the first one to tell him that because that I mean hutchinson's going one or two most likely one, but yeah, it's a. Uh, I mean, it's sad. I mean, David Ajabo is a hell of a player. Um, Achilles is tough to bounce back from, but they said it's a six month recovery now, which is crazy to me. Um, that a player can bounce back like that. I mean, he saw videos of Jeff Akuda running full full sprints after he tore his. 
why why did I just blank? Cam Akers um, played in the Super Bowl, and he tore it at the beginning of training camp. Mm-hmm. And but in the NBA, these guys are done for a whole year with that. But the NFL, it's six months now. Well, yeah, I don't know, but if medicine's changed that fast um, with Achilles surgery, but if he can come back and if he can come back in six months, are you looking at? And by the time he's full season, maybe October. I think you just go look at him, and I don't think he'll fall further than third round if that's the case. But he's still losing a shit ton of money. Um, which sucks. Um, that's why. That's why you never fault someone for taking the money. No, not at all. Um, and he's one of the up and coming guys that made a huge, huge splash this year too. I mean, he was known, but what he did this season, same thing with Aiden, is that uh, they made himself a lot of money playing mm-hmm. in Ann Arbor last fall. Both those guys did. This sucks to see. Good guy. It, it does. Um, and, and this is backstory this and everything. Yeah, and it happens once. It happens every year. Mm-hmm. It seems like somebody gets a, a high round, second, first round talent gets hurt in these pro days, and when there's that, you can go back a few years. Um, was it that defensive back from uh, from Washington? Um, I can't remember who it was. Is it Kevin Kane? Is it Kevin Kane? I'm not sure. I'm not sure of it either. Uh, but defensive back from Washington, same thing in pro day towards ACL. He was going to go in the first round. Um, it just, it sucks. I mean, I hate, you hate to see it when stuff happens like that. Sidney Jones, that's who it was. Um, Torres Achilles, same deal. Um, it's just, it's sad, but man, I mean, injuries are, injuries are unpredictable. But that's going to wrap up the NFL talk. Um, MLB, we got spring training. So great to listen to it. Um, I definitely did on Friday when the game started, um, or over the weekend when they're on, it's great to hear radio, (laughs) baseball on the radio, um, time for prospects, but also because of the lockout, the deals are finally coming in. Some guys still don't have a home, but, um, Freddie Freeman is a Dodger, Trevor Story is a Red Sox. And God damn it, Carlos Correa is a Minnesota Twins. Hopefully for only one year. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, that's what. Yeah. Yeah. But Carlos Correa, three year deal. He can opt out after any. He's getting 30 million a year. He can opt out any year, which is such a great thing to put in a clause. And they, uh, yeah, it kind of it pissed a lot of fan bases off. Um, obviously, I 
I've heard the Detroit one, obviously. But other fan bases are like, wait, if this is the case, why didn't we why didn't we do this? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's a great deal for both sides. He gets 30 million. And if the twins suck, which they they are they're building like they're going for it. Um, they're gonna chase the White Sox in the central, it seems. So uh, more power to them. Um, I like, I personally like it. I hate the fact that he's in our division um, just because Nelson Cruz was finally out of the American league and someone that kills us is back. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be, it's a great signing. Uh, it does kind of question though, um, Royce Lewis, um, the, highly touted prospect for a while, but he has been hurt. Um, what they're going to, what Minnesota's going to do with him. Um, but if that team's healthy, I like it a lot. Um, so yeah, uh, I like it there. And some arbitration deals, Juan Soto signed for 17.1 million. Who's in line for a big payday coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, Pete Alonzo, 7.4 million. Blue Jays extended Matt Chapman, um, two year, 25 million. So it's uh, the pieces are falling. Season's two weeks away, a little over two weeks away. And yeah, I mean, one interesting thing is the MLB was ordered to release the investigation findings of the 2007. What year was that? 2015? The sign stealing, the Yankees sign stealing scandal with the Apple watches. Yep. Um, so that's going to be interesting. I don't know what they can do this far, this many years out. Um, but yeah. Um, so that's the storyline to follow. But let's get into the, let's get back into the real madness. March and it lived up to it day one. Um, unfortunately, for some people, yeah, St. Peter's, uh, St. Peter's yeah. knocks out Kentucky, which killed you, hurt me. <laughs> um, because I didn't have Kentucky winning, but yeah, it's it's interesting. I mean, you're looking. You look at the Sweet 16, only the West region went chalk. Mm-hmm. Everything else is 8 4, 3 15, 1 5, 2 11, 1 4, and a 11 10 matchup. I mean, it's, this has been great. I mean, this is what I love seeing. I know you get to the point where you get to the point where it's, uh, the big guys are going to show. Um, the blue blood bloods are going to make their moves. Um, yeah, I mean, I thought I mean, Kentucky obviously disappointed. Baylor, it's so hard to repeat. Um, I mean, there were some some good games that Arizona gave us gave me a scare. Um, but pulled it out. 
Um, UNC nearly epically blew that game. I mean, that's just, they're up 25 and it went to overtime. Yeah, that was a crazy game. I mean, the refs didn't want UNC to win with some of the stuff that was going on with that. But uh, no, that the same flagrant, time, that flagrant too technical. Yeah, and the stuff down the stretch was terrible. But at the same time, I think in the final four minutes, UNC had, I think, two or three five second violations. I mean, you got to get the ball in bounds too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What a tournament so far. Been a great it, tournament. It's been um, great to watch. Yeah. Great basketball. Um, I mean, not really. I don't think there's really been any any blowouts, right? I mean, mm. no t- very few. No, not so many. Like in the in the marquee matches, the people, the casual fan will watch. Like some of the games, like uh, everybody was huge. Like in the first round, for example, everybody was huge on um, Loyola Chicago losing to Buckeye, but Buckeye just beat the living tar out of them in yeah. the first round game. There's some of those small things like that, but. Uh, Kind of wish Duke lost. Um, I don't really hate Duke, but the Coach K stuff starting to make me sick. I mean, I get it. It's your last tournament. And I mean, I you're probably the best coach ever in college, yeah. but I understand. It's just getting a little nauseating. Yeah. Especially down here in the South. It's on every radio station. It's mm-hmm. on every local caller thing. They have segments, segments on it. It's all over the news in the morning when you wake up. Yeah, no, that's the one thing so, I don't, don't miss about down there. It's <laughs> When the March Madness comes on and if Duke and Carolina are – making their runs like they mm-hmm. are this year it is yeah it is almost unbearable <laughs> i'll be honest with that yeah. one it's it can be it's a, it's a hard watch they uh it definitely is they don't like the big 10 for some reason i don't know why um but yeah i mean big 10 nine teams two standing yeah, great performance and one team, one team is. Look, we're shocked that one team is in it still. Um, I mean, look, I mean, everybody knows. I mean, we're diehard Michigan fans. Great that they're back in the Sweet 16, fifth straight year. No way, I was not expecting this. Um, and look, I man, that's. And I didn't. I didn't have Michigan. I had Michigan winning one game, and losing in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Um. So, yeah, you got to put your fandom aside when picking brackets. Um, I feel, I mean, that's my philosophy, and unless you really believe that, they could do that. I, I think they, they just, they, we'll see how it goes. That's all I can say. Um, there were some, the Texas Tech Notre Dame game was good. Um. I did momentarily forget Chris Beard left <laughs> Texas Tech um, to go to Texas, but that's a that's a very it's a very interesting matchup there. Um, well, they could definitely be Duke. Texas Tech's a very good team. I watch yeah. a lot of Texas Tech basketball this year. They are a really good team. They play a really methodical and slow game. Yeah, it's gonna be a really boring game to watch. On, and then on they, Thursday, but and then they uh, press and then they press the living shit out of you. They do, and it's annoying. They really do. And I mean, and watching some of these tournament games, teams that Michigan won against in previous tournaments, it was bringing back a lot of like frustration for me. 
like like that LSU game, even though LSU lost against Notre Dame, I'm still watching that defense like like this is what they did to Michigan last year. <laughs> it was frustrating, and I hate Notre Dame, but it was frustrating to watch. Like you just, damn, this defense, I forgot how they play man, they press, they're, they swarm, and Texas Tech's very similar. Most of those games are low scoring. They hold the opponents to like no higher than like 50 some, it seems, um, whenever they play. What I've watched, they've been low scoring, um, like 53, 59 to 53. I mean, that's, that's a great, uh, that's a great defensive game right there. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah. But, yeah, um, Big Tens, it's up to Purdue, Michigan. Um, ACC got a lot of shit. I gave the ACC a lot of shit this year. This is not a strong conference this year. UNC was down. The only team I thought that had a chance was Duke. Well, we got Duke, UNC, and Miami. Um, Jim Larong has done a great job with Miami, I feel. Um, this is a coach that been around forever, led George Mason in 2006 to their Cinderella Final Four. Um, so I think he's done a great job with Miami. Uh, that's another team that's sneaky good. Uh, any besides Kentucky, who's your most disappointing team? Probably Auburn. Um, Auburn or uh, Iowa are probably my one and two. Um, I know Iowa didn't make out the first round, so I guess you could ha- have to say that by default. Auburn got the best player in the country. Um, he, he won't win the Wooden Award, but and the, they have these guards that just don't want to throw the ball to them for whatever reason. I mean, you're, you're freezing up the number one pick in the, in the uh, NBA draft come June. So, I mean, you deserve to lose that game, but Iowa, they were, they were my pick for the Big Ten to go the furthest. Um, they had they were, they were so hot going into the into this tournament. They won in the Big Ten tournament. Um, they were playing unbelievable, and they just shit the bed in round one like that. Probably my two biggest appointments besides Kentucky. Um, other than that, I think that's really all I all I got. Who do you have? Yeah, it's hard to – for me, it's Auburn. Um, and I only say just Auburn because I think I was one of the few people that actually had Iowa losing in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, I just – Iowa's track record under McCaffrey in the tournament is not good. Um, I think he's – I actually think he's never made it out of the first round since he's been to Iowa. Um, I think there was something about that, a stat that came out. Um, he's just, it's just in the tournament does not do well, which is the big reason why I went against them. Um, so that's just my, that's just my thoughts um, on that. Um, I think with the Sweet 16 coming up, it's a tough, uh, some tough, good games to watch. Um, if you're just looking at it, Gonzaga, Arkansas, 
I'm not really sure on that one. Um, Texas Tech Duke is going to be a fun game. Um, I think that's going to be a very fun one to watch. UCLA, North Carolina. Um, North Carolina's playing well. UCLA pretty much brought everyone back from last year. Team that made the Final Four. So that's going to be interesting. Purdue, St. Peter's. St. Peter's defense. um, Very good defensive team. So if uh, Purdue can get something going and get ahead quick and get up big, I don't think it's going to be an issue. Um, No 15 seed has ever made it past the Sweet 16. It's only happened three times. Um, Florida Gulf Coast, Oral Oral Roberts last year, and St. Peter's this year. So some history on the line. Arizona-Houston, that's going to be a fun game, I think. Um, Two very strong teams there. Michigan-Villanova, rematch of the 2018 title game. Uh, Michigan's shown some depth, which is good, Um, especially at the guard position, which are two keys. Villanova's just really good. Connor Gillespie's healthy this year. Kansas and Providence. Kansas has one of the best players in the country. Providence, sneaky good. Iowa State, Miami. I have no idea what to think of that one. <laughs> um, an 11 yeah. 10 matchup. I think Miami's going to win that game. Um, I think the best best game of, of that Sweet 16 is going to be the uh, Kansas Providence game. Uh, just, uh, just, to, just the style they play is going to be fantastic. Yeah. I mean, to touch on Michigan real quick. I mean, they obviously you, you get this far, you got a shot. I mean, can't say you don't have a shot. I, I don't think St. Peter's has a shot. I think it's over. They had that fun run. You know, they got six days to get back to school, celebrate, King of the Hill, da 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 da. And here comes, uh, here comes Purdue to smoke them down. Just kind of usually how that happens. Um, back to Michigan. They always got to play a perfect game. Villanova doesn't make mistakes. No, I mean, they're, no, they're, not a, they're not a mistake-prone team. They got Jerry, a fantastic coach. Jerry Wright is one of my favorite coaches. Um, I mean, look at his track record. Mm-hmm. Um, past seven years, probably the best set of the guys remain in the last seven years. Um, he's good. He's so good, and uh, oh, they're old. I mean, Glassy's been there for fifteen years. They uh, they got guys so. This would be one mission they'll earn. This home won't be given to them. Mm-hmm. They start getting sloppy like they could do. And that, like, they usually have like a six, seven-minute stretch every half where the wheels kind of fall off. And uh, you can't have that. They can't have that on Thursday. They yeah. do that. If they have that, they'll get down. And they're not come back against Villanova, I don't think. Just, yeah. They're just too good. They're too professional and too, uh, yep. too well-coached. No, I agree with that 100%. Um, so that's uh, – yeah, I definitely agree that there. Um, excuse me, but yeah, um, that'll wrap up a little bit on the on the men's side. Um, the women's side has been very entertaining to watch, um, and there's, I mean, look, I mean, I think when you talk about when you talk about women's uh, basketball. You think of four or five teams every year. Um, this year, 
yeah, you got the, you got your typical, you got your blue bloods are in there, um, in the Sweet 16. You got South Carolina versus North Carolina, Iowa State versus Creighton, Louisville, Tennessee, Michigan, South Dakota. My compute, my thing's not scrolling. There it is. Stanford. Maryland, Ohio State, Texas, NC State, Notre Dame, Indiana, UConn. Um, and there are some big upsets too, um, in the women's side. Iowa, Iowa, just Iowa. Bad year for bad year for Iowa. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they put them out. on ABC too on a Sunday. I watched a little bit of that game. I was like, oh my goodness, I want to mm-hmm. see. I wanted to see a uh, Caitlin play in the mid dang. She had a bad game. But mm-hmm. uh, dang, it's sad to see. And you don't usually see that in women's, like you said earlier, in women's uh, mm-hmm. basketball because the, the powerhouses are so good. Yeah, you don't see these. You don't see these upsets like this. Um, you have a ten seed playing Michigan, um, which is South Dakota, who upset Baylor. Uh, so it's a, I mean, that's a tough task. Um, it's kind of funny. Uh, it's kind of funny what's going on. I mean, Michigan men's play Villanova this week. Michigan women's beat Villanova to go to the Sweet 16. Hopefully that's a sign. <laughs> yes, uh, hopefully. But I watched it yesterday. Um, this is really the, I'll be honest, this is the most women's basketball I've watched. Um, yes, because Michigan's been pretty good the past couple of years. But again, it's a very, it's a different game, different style. It's more fundamental, but they are Naz Hillman. She's really good. And she's all over the floor. She gives it her all um, 50, double, 50, double, double, career, double doubles. Um, she's leading that team. Um, it's a veteran team. Kim Barnes has done a great job at Michigan. Um, and hopefully she can build it and keep it. Um, South Carolina and North Carolina, Civil War game for the Elite Eight. Um, that's the Greensboro region. Michigan's in Wichita region. Dan, go to the games. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be fun. Um the women's game, if you if any listeners haven't watched it, watched much of them, highly recommend um, because it is different. But this year seems to be very parody field filled, so you might get a little more. You might get some better basketball. Um, some of the blue buds are making their like run right now, but yeah. Um, Kind of staying on that topic of women's basketball. Shout out Hope College. Yes, the women's uh, third third national championship. Um, Divit won it this year. A very veteran team. Probably could have won two or three in a row if twenty if COVID didn't happen. Um, this team is very good. Um, the town of Holland, Michigan has a champion um good for which is awesome 
obviously our ties to the to the college and and family in the area. So it was a that was a game I watched. Um, I don't know if it see if it, I don't know if you have this thought too, but women's games sometimes goes by faster. I think because they have two 10 minute quarters. I just think that makes it go by faster for some reasons. Well, that and they play. It's more fundamentally sound than the men's yeah. game, so it's there's, there's less fouls. They they play a little differently. They play almost like the old style of. I don't want to say that. I don't mean this as an insult. They play almost. They play different style of uh, basketball, so it's uh, it's it's a lot more fundamentally sound. So if you mm-hmm. ever, if you have kids that are getting the basketball game, have them watch women's basketball because they, they yeah, do so that, many things better than the men. Yeah, it's, and it's not just basketball. Um, watch like women's sports in general mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because it, for some reason it's more fun they're form they're form fundamentally more fundamentally sound um, and it's a it's just a different game and it's fun to watch um, I've been I've enjoyed watching watching the basketball games like that um, definitely want to continue continue with doing that um and hopefully hopefully the teams can hopefully the teams can continue their run um obviously if michigan wins and they face arizona yeah for bracket i want yeah for bracket it's arizona but the fandom does start to kick in <laughs> um yeah. at this point um you're starting to kind of be like god my bracket but Damn, it's my team. <laughs> um, so the joys of the joys of March. <laughs> um, yeah, you get Michigan went Thursday. Yes, thankfully oh, early. I'll do I'll, I'll do respect. Yeah, they play early. Thank goodness. Yeah. But uh, if they do win, Eric on Thursday, all due respect. Sorry, after bracket, we're going time to go to the final four. No, that's that's exactly right. I mean, that, that's what that's the point of March, right? You just uh-huh. You just kind of go with it. Um, you just at some point, you just say, "Screw the bracket." If it happens, if the bracket works out, great. But if my but if it's my team that that busts it, you can think you're kind of happy about it. Yeah, our kind of bracket contest is pretty competitive, but it's it's almost now where we want certain people not to win rather than rather than us do win. So that kind of go from there too. Yes, I've ended my streak. Of four years of getting knocked out before the Sweet Sixteen, I've achieved my goal of not getting. Uh, and if Arizona does lose, well, that takes out a good portion of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, March Madness. I just love this time of year. Um, so much going on. Gonzaga, though, I they can't continue to start slow. I don't know what it is. No, about, they should have lost. On, they, should, they should have lost on Saturday. I don't know what it I was is. Calling out from the tournament. You were. They should have lost that game. Um, I don't know what it is about Gonzaga. Most games, they it takes them. I don't. It takes them some time to get into the game, and. Mm-hmm. An Arkansas team could 
sneaking good. They're they're good. Um, but if Gonzaga wins and they they'll face Texas Tech or Duke, they're gonna have a very difficult time in those games if they beat Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Let me ask you this question now that you've watched some basketball, some of the some of these college teams you don't you don't see much. Right. What do you, what do you, what do you think of Chet? What do you think of Paolo? I I would say in I mean, the NBA. I would say I've seen more of I've seen more of uh, Paolo um, for Duke um, just because it's they're on more. Um, I like it. Um, I think both games. I think both their games can translate. I think Chet does need to gain some muscle though. Um, but he's definitely got a good all around game. Jabari Smith, again, I've been since the start of the season. Um, he's been my number one pick. I think he's the best player. Um, and like you said, for some reason, Auburn freezes him out of the game plan. Um, and when you have a player like that, you don't really, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't help obviously, but watching all three of them, all three of those players in the tournament, cause that's going to be the top three picks. I still think Jabari Smith should go number one. I think Ben Shero should go number two. And I think Holmgren should be number three. If that's okay. how if that's how you want me to order it, that's how I'll order it. Because again, just if you look at all three have great, all three have elements of every side of the ball. That's what makes these three the top three. Um, they're solid defensively, solid offensively. Jabari Smith, like I said, is more well well rounded. I watched that Auburn game. I just think his I just think his game is NBA ready right now. Like that's why he's number one. Yeah. Oh yeah, I agree hundred percent. Um I think Jabari, yeah, he's he's the clear, I think, best prospect. Um reason I think that is because how he can get a shot up. Yep. That's that quick release like that. He create um, he creates he creates a shot, creates his space. Cre- yeah. And he I think Chet. We'll go one if the Magic get the first pick. Um, they like him, always have. It sounds mm-hmm. like, uh, and and Paulo, he just kind of he's kind of there. He, I mean, he's got that big frame. But you look, you got to look at uh, way I look at it is you fast forward the careers to seven years. What can they become seven years from now? I mean, Smith Smith could be a uh, He could be a he. I mean, he could be a little bit of a little bit of rant, and I'm not saying clutch gene or top ten player, et cetera, But he just has some of those similar qualities: that quick release, the length, mm-hmm. the defense. I mean, Paulo can play. Paulo can play great defense as well. Um, and Chet is he, he's superhuman the way he is, and how tall and skinny, and what he can do, and he can pull up a stat line with 28 points, five blocks, 20 rebounds, three steals. He can mm-hmm. handle the ball, but he's going to get pushed off the block so fast in the NBA. He gets a muscle. How does it translate to his body when you get muscle on your body? Yep. A lot, of, a lot of unknowns there, but also the potential is so great that I can see him going one. It's only the magic get it. If yeah, it's, get him, it's going to be Smith. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, you're right. I mean, if I, 
I mean, it does depend who gets the, <clears throat> excuse me, who gets the first pick. Excuse me, if it's Orlando, I would agree with Holmgren. If it's the Pistons, I'd agree with Smith. If it's Houston, ooh. <laughs> I hope it's not Houston, because Houston will take Smith and they'll ruin him. I don't yeah. want Houston to get their own pick. Yep. Um, but then also you you and I were talking the other the other night. I mean, there's I mean, we everyone talks about those three. Jalen Duran is Duran is really good at Memphis. Mm-hmm. Very good. <laughs> um, and he's gonna go. I mean, he's gonna go top five. Um so but yeah, I mean it's those three. Um, you can't go wrong with those four. Um, in the top four. Um, that's my that's my prediction. But I just think it's but for number one, it's homegrown Smith and what did I just blank on it? Paulo Paulo Paulo, yeah. Paulo Bancaro and uh it just depends who gets the number one pick because of what their need what teams needs are. Um if Houston goes, gets number one, I think they w- should actually go Bancaro because when they drafted their guard last year, get a guy that can go inside. Um, build your team that way if you're Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, Pistons, if they get number one again, I would love to – I think it's Smith um, or Holmgren because obviously they drafted Cade last year who's – it took him a little bit, but my God. <laughs> Ooh. Um, he's good. He's very yeah, good. Yeah, I think a thing with Chet and Detroit is, uh, I mean, it's, it's un- completely unfair to Chet. It's completely unfair to, to what he could become. But that just, to me, that just brings back Darko flashbacks. This completely skilled guy. But, I mean, he's nowhere near. He's a lot better than Darko ever will be. He ever was as a prospect, but just saying, just I don't know. I don't know. I rather just go get Smith, done with it, move on. Yeah. Build a team. Got some good pieces there. I mean, Bay put up 51 the other day. Yeah. They got some good, they got some good pieces and just keep on, keep on rolling. And Smith is versatile. Yeah, he's good. Yeah. He can play a small forward. He can play a shooting guard if you need him, um, which I like. Um, so, yeah, um, that's going to wrap it up uh, for this week. Um, love talking about this stuff. We'll be back next week wrapping up uh, the Sweet 16 Elite Eight Final Four preview. Um, probably some more NFL stuff and uh, MLB. Uh, and we'll do this some MLB uh, as well. So, as always, I'm Eric Weirdo with David Kramer. Take care.